Welcome to another episode of Talk of Tonawanda. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and guests only. I do not represent any other individual or organization. Good afternoon, good evening, Carl. Episode 31 is now officially underway. How does it feel? 31? Yeah. Ah, it feels great. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're really getting up there in the uh, numbers. Yeah. Yeah. We changed change the seating arrangement here. Now I can actually look you in the eye yes. as we're talking yes. complete nonsense. I feel kind of uh, discombobulated. Frank yeah. uh, changed my orientated uh, view of him <laughs> right now. Oh, yeah. He's digging in. I am the grammar police. And that, that, that word just drives me nuts. It's oriented or disoriented, not oh. orientated or disorientated. If I looked it up you in just, the uh, dictionary, would it be there, Frank? It is now. It Thank wasn't a you. few years ago. It's a real word. Yeah, I can well, go. I can ain't point. is also in that dictionary, so, you know. How many points is that in a Scrabble game, Frank? Mr. Uh, uh, I know every if, word. If this was on a television show, it would be a big fat zero. And ah. I would say, go back to fifth grade English class. But, but, it's, you know, but I, it's in the dictionary, I and I know there's somebody out there looking it up right now. <laughs> yeah, they'll find it now. They're, they're going to find it, and they're going to go, you know, Carl was right. Yeah, orientation is a term that's used when you're utilizing a compass. It's called orienteering. I thought it was one year a freshman going into college, uh, and somebody takes you to the orientation Yes, that's, that's table still there, to, orientation. Yeah. But then this orientated, I just, ah, oh. You've oh, nails enough, on a chalkboard for You've me, wasted no. enough of my time telling me that a word that is in the dictionary <laughs> is no good. Well, you know what? Modern times are, are not always good things happening. And actually, that's really our, our topic today. We had such a really good response when we went to, you know, Common Interest a couple episodes back that we're going to splice that in between guest shows. And Carl and I have talked about this. But uh, one of the things I'm going to bring up as far as new times, well, it's really not that new, I guess. Um, it's all over the news. I mean, it is, it is absolutely everywhere. Uh, we had, uh, a few years ago, Japan started opening up national addiction centers for cell phones. China has now come out, and last month they said that they have the video game addiction licked. Uh, Italy came out and said they have the gelato situation licked, but China, different page. Uh, because of, of what's going on, and now the World Health Organization has come out, the European Union has come out, and all of these different agencies and countries are saying the video games and the phones are a chronic addiction. There's one country that's not saying it is. Canada. Nope. United States of America, my friend. Well, They're there's so much needs, profit there. Yeah, it needs further research. Uh, talk about research. Profit. Research means, you know what research means, Frank? We need some more victims to find out, like, how bad it really is. Oh, and it's, it is atrocious. I, I have been perusing the official studies and reports, not just blogs and websites, but the official reports okay. coming out from all these different places. Do you know how much the video game industry made last year? Can I guess? You can. You can try. Okay. I'm going to say $4.7 billion. You are so low, it's not even funny. Wow. Okay. It goes up even higher than that. Just, just take a good old stab at it. I, I guess four point seven. So I'll hop up to maybe eight point five billion dollars. 
$165 billion annually. That's a lot of kids in mom's basements spending their checks. And it's going up an average of 12 to 15% annually. Okay, so what did they say the cause of that jump? 15%. Purchase. Purchases. Just purchases because now it's not just, you know, when, when you and I were kids, if we wanted to go play a video game, it was... Well, I mean, video games were just coming out at that point in time yep. when, when you had Pac-Man come out. That was super advanced, but before that, it was like Pong. Pong. And, you know, the home video game, you had your Atari yep. that was there. Played uh, trademark, steel. we are not a if, representative for Atari. In if you if you played hockey like I did yeah. excessively, uh, we all remember, you know, the teams and how graphic and pixelated everything was, and uh, the graphics were just horrible, but... It, it got you there. It got you to the video game room or place uh, weekends or evenings. Yeah, and this sounds like, you know, some old geezer complaining, those lousy kids, they need to get out and, you know, get some exercise. But there is now legitimate backing to this. They are now tracking childhood obesity to not just a decrease in physical activity, not just a change in diet. Now they're saying, well, are they more sedentary? And the results are saying yes. That this is part of this problem. Um, There's so many levels to this conversation, Frank. Oh, there really is. Well, let's jump over to China because they're the latest in the news. 2018, China, uh, they said, listen, uh, we're putting together a gaming regulatory commission and we're going to address this problem. So they did. So they, they passed some, well, it's laws there. If you're under 18, you cannot be online playing video games between 10 o'clock at night and 8 in the morning, period. Weekdays, you and now, now they obviously have control of their internet services very well. I'm not saying this is the right way to go about this. I think parents should be responsible for this, but yes, in this case, China stepped in because, well, that's that's their government. You're allowed 90 minutes per day on weekdays, and on weekends and holidays, three hours. That's it. But they didn't just do that because now it's not just purchasing of video games um, in in a physical cartridge or a disc or something. You buy them online now. Yeah. Well, the of course, they can track that. Yeah, there's no, there's no stopping the download. Yeah. So can... between the ages of eight to sixteen, you're cut off at thirty dollars a month. And some of these things are, you know, eighty, ninety, a hundred dollars per game, and they're buying yeah. three, four, five games at a time. Sixteen to eighteen, you're at sixty dollars a month. Above the age eighteen, you're on your own. But back in 2018, to force this, they said, well, "Listen, all the new video games are coming out. This is what's driving the industry." For nine months, they said, no new games. And the video game market in China dropped into the dumpster. So they're thinking it's driven because there's you know more games, new games, and so on. But let's jump forward to 2022. Just last year, this was last, uh, I believe, last November, the World Health Organization declared it a world health concern, and they added gaming disorder to psychological diagnosis everywhere but the United States. So it's now officially considered a psychological disorder and uh, a classified addiction everywhere but here. Now, why do you think that is? Money. You think it, it just says... Sales money, just sales money? tax, sales money, profits made, profits driven. Uh, you know, they made a big deal on uh, the Grammys uh, just recently. They, they were held this past Sunday. But now the music that is written, generated, and played for in the background of video games is now a category 
for a Grammy now. Yeah. So then you have, you know, the directors of those. You have, you could go on, it's a streaming. You could you could probably go, right now, uh, you could probably go and watch anywhere between 10 and 15 players just playing video games, streaming, live, of, of watching just like their view, watching them play a video game. And there's hundreds of thousands of people just watching other people just playing video games. I had a partner at EMS, and that's what that's what he did. We worked we worked at a an unnamed uh, company here locally that I think very highly of. And during the downtime between providing uh, service, he was online watching videos of people who recorded them playing games. Yes, and he would he, he could do this for hours. Yeah, and you, and not that there's any comparison, but you could actually go and do like in car video of in car racing, like. Probably somebody that's on like a road course or like on a Grand Prix, uh, the day, the Daytona twenty four hours Rolex. Mm -hmm. It was at Daytona a few weeks ago. They had I think it was like 10, 10 or eleven cars that had in car streaming cameras that you could drive along with the driver and just watch them and the it's, change of it's, it's there is a, there's an awful lot of video out there besides games, but games seems to be your topic. You, you chose this topic for today. And it's there's so many layers to it, though. Oh, there you know, is. What, you know, how much is too much to spend? How much is too much to play as far as time away from being viable besides sitting in a chair and playing video games or watching somebody play video games? Now, let me give you the, the U.S. stats. Now, they don't have stats for under the age of 18 that are consistent. There's, there, the, the studies are all over the board on how many and who and so on. So this is just for? 18 to 49 is the okay. stat. Okay, all right, 18 all right. to 49. 18 to 49, 45% of Americans say that they pay, play on a regular basis, which means three or more times per week for greater than 90 minutes. That's almost half the population. Now, let me give you other stats. For women, 49% of women say that they play games on a fairly regular basis, but no, it's not chronic. 72% of men in that category. So when you so it is a division down, amongst oh, you know the huge. males and females. Oh, tremendously, and of course they're they're geared to be. Uh, most of the most popular games are, of course, are these these battle games and these driving games and and, and the, these uh, these high action, high tempo things. Sure. And uh, you know, the, first the person, in that are first person, crazy. yeah, first person shooters, first person drivers. Um, yeah, but there's more than there's more video games out there than you know battle games, you know stealing cars, you know, oh, yeah. bank robberies and yeah, things grand, like that. There's sports. There's the Madden series that goes way back. There's uh, foot, you know, other football games. There's hockey, baseball. You can play uh, football, European football, which is American soccer or American right. soccer as opposed to. Um, but then there's, you know, the fantasy games, you know, that where you would be the player and you would go from realm to realm to island to island and planet to planet, whatever it be. Um, yeah, I'm very familiar with those because I've, I've seen them played, you know, and I've, I've also watched pretty much a lot of time 
like you said, you know, we've had friends and coworkers that would do something. I had a coworker that had a great setup um, at his house, and he played the airline. Oh, several different airlines, different. You have to graduate from a single-engine little Piper Cub up to you know a four-engine 747 yeah. and military planes and commercial aircraft and takeoffs and landings and all of that. And it was very fascinating to watch. I never got into that because I, it, it was, I thought it was just a colossal waste of time for myself. I had other things to do. I had other, you know, needs, personal needs that I wanted to fill, you know, making things, you know, seeing things, traveling, you know, teaching and everything else. I didn't have the spare time or the leisure time to sit around, what was the average, 90 minutes? Yeah. Three, three times, 90 minutes each each yeah. set? No, I, I would never have yeah. that much time. I, I mean, it's, my kids, they grew up, they had access to video technology, but we didn't have, like, the game system in the house. And there were friends that had them, and they were just, they they weren't into it. But, you know, it's, it's such a huge industry. Yeah. Just since 2014, $29 billion dollars in corporate takeovers, and not from some obscure investment firm. The top three buying those companies up, Facebook, Amazon, and Microsoft. Oh, yeah. So Facebook would be the uh, meta when they do that, the meta. And then you have more or less uh, meta is involved in uh, virtual reality. They've got, you know, virtual reality. Uh, have you ever seen a commercial for virtual reality? Now there's a couple of places that are popping up around here that uh, were used to be like in New York City. It's going to the bigger cities first, and then they, you know, local local that, virtual reality. I made the news last week. That's the number one increase in home homeowner or household injuries is accidents during VR. They got the goggles on. They're you know tripping over furniture and falling down yeah. steps and and smashing into things. It was used to be slipping in the bathtub. Now it's Falling over and walking into stuff. Well, you got these goggles strapped to your head. Well, the, the early the early precursor to visual reality used to be the Wii systems. Yeah, you see, now, I'm not against the video games. No, not not at all. I mean, there's there's some really enjoyable ones out there, but the, the limitations have kind of kind of come off. And according to different studies, and I I went to so many web pages and I got all the quotes here, but there were several different studies that were what were the most popular amongst they say children but it's it's from 15 to 21 number 1 games involving firearms shooting killing explosives blowing up number 2 auto theft and similar type programs okay. number 3 was sports number 3 so they did another survey, and they reached out, and they said, okay. Well, that doesn't surprise me, because more or less, sports involve a lot of hard work. Oh, yeah. A lot of dedication, a lot of hours in practicing, a lot of hours in learning how to work with a team, or at least working by yourself. If it's a, like a singles sport, like golf is a singles sport, you can only play golf by yourself. Or if you're part of a team, everyone you know contributes. Or like, Bowling, there's a bowling, you, know, you can bowl by yourself, or you can bowl with a group or a team. But yeah, the uh, shooting, the shooting sports, that, uh, that doesn't surprise yeah, me. Well, not sports. It's, uh, it's battlefield and uh, well, that's what I meant. municipal you know, and rural. Yeah. You know what? When I was a kid, when, when golf came on the TV screen, that was the time to go outside and play. That meant, you know, Scooby-Doo was over and, 
You know, we're going to be on the bicycles. We're going to be doing things. Well, the games that we played when we were children, you had the tabletop hockey. Uh, you had the foosball. Yeah. And, you know, you had, you had your ping pong. And you had you know, all mm -hmm. these other things. But they still involved some level of physical activity. So what they, they, they did more surveys. And they were talking about um, different, different age groups. And one of the questions that they asked, based upon things in the news, they said, do you believe that these video games are in any way contributing to gun violence in America? And the answers, they had two different age groups. The group from 18 to 30 years of age was just over 50% said, yes, absolutely. And then they got to the next group, which was above that, that's uh, 45 plus, that's 40, age 45 on through. Almost 83% said absolutely yes. Now, I don't want to go down a dark road, but there have been a couple of examples where there has been horrible incidents that have taken place. And my heart goes out to the, to, to the victims of these things. But the perpetrators had no formal firearms training and mimicked from the gear they had to what they wore to how they moved their behaviors absolutely mirrored an unnamed particular video game that's among the most popular in the nation. So right they, they are saying without saying it that it's almost like training? Yes. Training the, I'll, I'll say, weak-minded idiots. Yeah. yeah, and it's not even weak-minded because there actually is something medical. I, as you know, I'm a paramedic for 42 years, surgical assistant. I got a lot of medical background. I mean, well, I'm not I'm a sure doctor. If, 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 if uh, my daughter's able... becoming one. My wife was one. <laughs> so, well, right. Uh, but, but there's something but if you're, you're able to, you, yeah. you know, write a program that has the ability to train someone who is not of sound mind to go out and perform these heinous, despicable just, just acts. Horrible things. Then, then why, why are they allowed to continue? And I'll play the devil's advocate by asking that question. Yeah. So why are they allowed to be sold if they're so bad? That they're used as training. Well, you know what? It's I'm going to. Why aren't they? Why aren't they just taken off? I don't think it's literally training because they they are intended for uh, engagement and amusement. Of course, they're profit driven. But your body produces something called dopamine. It's a natural substance, and it's it's uh, it's like call it the pleasure center, but it, it does other things. It's when you are addicted to drugs your body releases dopamine. It's not really the drug, but the drug is triggering the dopamine. Um, pleasure center, same thing. If you're addicted to something else, it releases this. So Foods. they did a bunch of studies, and they have equated this utilization, the, the thrill, the dopamine release. They measured it. Three different studies came out and said it was equal to the amount of dopamine released in your body as taking the drug referred to as ecstasy. So literally every time they're doing it, it the dopamine actually becomes addictive. Your body releases it. You got that warm fuzzy. It's that joyous feeling. And so it really is. It's chemical based, just like the addiction to, you know, heroin and, 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 and other illicit drugs, any drugs. I mean, even prescription drugs are abused. It's, it's releasing the dopamine in their body and they like it and they become addicted to it. So it's not even really training as you get to a certain level when you're taking heroin and you have to take more 
Well, when they measure it, you're taking more heroin because your body gets used to it and it's releasing less dopamine. So they need to get that dopamine up, so they take more of the illicit drug. And the same thing, apparently, you see, apparently, uh, seems to be taking place with these video games. They get used to it. It's not as exciting. they got to step it up. Play more hours or a different game? Uh, well, yeah, and in some cases, if you don't have stability, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say it's ruled out as far as a precipitatory event. Uh, you know, so, I mean, what, what is the answer? If, if you were a father going back in time now and you put your kids in their adolescent and teen years, mm -hmm. and it was, but it was today, with this type of information that's out there, again, World Health Organization, European Union, um, CDC not acknowledged it yet, of course, but and then major countries like China. How would you deal with it? What would you? How would you handle allowing? Sir, what would you allow? How much would you allow? How long would you allow? Or would you just say no? This isn't happening. I I would just say you know like there's always an excess to everything that you might be doing, uh, especially when you're uh, you're growing up, your years that you're supposed to be you know, like enjoying, you know, other events and other things and playing and socializing, but um, being, you know, like cooped up and watching or playing video games for many, many hours a week just seems excessive. And that, that could be uh, at, at least cut down to something that's more reasonable. Maybe, uh, maybe a half hour, hour, you know, limited time. Because you, you should encourage, you know, the kids to be doing something else. All right. So let me follow that up because that was, that was a baited question, as if I've never done that to you, Carl. Gee. They're so, all shaking their heads. Yeah, Frank, we know. Screen time is the number three issue for family conflict for well, the last five years. Screen time, the amount of time the kids are, are spending online. 89% of the parents surveyed blame themselves for not being strict enough. Okay. One-third of teens say that they socialize exclusively online. Now, that's huge, but let's take it one more step from that. This, this one surprised me. 31 out of every 100 teens say it's perfectly acceptable to be texting and gaming on their cell phones in school, during class. That's well, huge. Well, you, you, you can't, you, your mind, especially in your formative years before you're, you know, in your early 20s, you, you, it, it's impossible to perform two different tasks at the same time. Absolutely. You I can't, mean, what are you going to remember? You can't listen to an instructor and take notes at the same time. Because as you're writing, you're not listening. Exactly. Because your brain can't do both functions. Try it out sometime, folks. Listen, listen to the TV and write down the notes in a TV, and then try and do something else. Well, you hear the justification. You cannot well, do you it. Know, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yes, you can. Sure. But you can't juggle six balls and drive at the same time. No. Because and listen and take notes. It, you, you just can't do you that. You just can't do that. So there are a few private institutions locally here, educational institutions, that when the students show up, mm -hmm. cell phones and smartwatches, they get locked away. If you don't put them in your own locker... They get removed from you. You're not allowed to have them during the school day. And, you know, it's like, well, you hear the parents, and, and there was a, a woman that complained and got very boisterous in one of these editorial pages in our, in our local rag. Um, and it was, well, if I need to reach my, my, my child during the day, Call they the need office. that. 
well, how did we do it when we were growing up, Carl? Yeah. If if your oh. mother needed to call you, she call the office. Call the office. Call the, the office. office do? Yeah. They call the teacher. The then teacher the teacher goes, would okay, pick up the phone the next to the door. Hey, you, get going. Yeah. Go down to the principal's office or down to the attendance office or whatever. Yeah. What if my student, what if my child needs to make an emergency call? Go down to the office. Go, go down to the office. And, yeah. and Dude, common sense is not common much anymore, Frank. Oh, it's not. It's no, not. It's, it's gone. It's appeasing children so you don't have that uh, confrontation. Right. I, I always use that. that uh, and there's always, always a second, third, fourth, fifth voice that's going to say, well, you know, if there's an emergency in school and they don't have their cell phones, how are they going to let everybody know that there's an emergency in school? Well, a lot of schools have started to deal with that because they've got sick of the kids on their phones chatting, texting, doing TikTok videos, reels, and whatever else, and they've decided that you know, we're just going to put a call button next to the door. So if the teacher has an emergency, she's just going to hit that, that yeah. call button. and then Just like the teller at a bank. Yep. Thank, ding, 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 ding. Thank you. So the, the, uh, I think the advent of the, the smartphones, I, I refer to mine as a dumb phone because it's only as good as the user. So I have a dumb phone and a dumb watch. Uh, but this, this is something, this, is, this got challenging in Japan. Japan said they had the single largest problem with it. They thought they were the only country that was having this extreme. So in 2019, they opened up government-sponsored national centers for phone addiction. And they came up with a diagnosis. It's called... They have a lot of things. Yes, it's called sponsored nomophobia. By the don't they? Nomophobia. Nom Do you know what nomophobia is? I, I'm going to say the... The addiction to always constantly checking your phone. Sort of. It right. is the fear of not having your cell phone. The fear. Now, they weren't alone because now the studies have been done in the U.S., the U.K., the EU, and the U.K. and the EU are separate now. Um, yes. And, of course, China and Japan. Oh, I know I know some folks that are abso they, they absolutely... It's critical that you know they do like a little ops check before they walk out the door. Glasses, phone, wallet or purse, keys, hat, you know, et cetera. Mask back in the day, you, yeah. you know, had to check your pockets, make sure you had a mask uh, with you. And Well, it became super phone. tactile as well. Yeah. I mean, very tactile. It's that contact thing. They say that's part of, you know, half of quitting cigarettes is that tactile thing. You're used to holding this sure. thing. They say the average basic user among all uh, smartphones they access the phone 150 times a day, but that's not the limit. This is where the tactile comes in. The average person touches their cell phone 2,617 times a day. That's an awful big number. I don't, I don't see how that could be a day in 24 hours when you're sleeping eight. What? The average user, and this was based upon a survey of individuals. Is from your age phone four, always yeah. within reach of yeah. you when you are sleeping? Is it on the nightstand, on the dresser? No, it's, it's over on the charger, and it's on okay. silent. It's on yeah. non-disturbed. Okay. Uh, they did fifteen. I'm sorry. 15 so you don't count that two thousand yeah. times a day. Yeah. Age fifteen to thirty-nine. Yeah. Are in contact, exchanging information or phone calls within four minutes of waking up in the morning. Four minutes you're sending texts. In four minutes, I'm you're still trying so, to focus so I can find the coffee cups. Yeah, if you're upset, I'm, I'm, I'm still rinsing out my, uh, my coffee pour-over filter so I can get a good cup of coffee in the morning. Um, people admit, and it was the same age group, 
that even without the phone giving them an alarm, alert, a buzz, something. They check it to see if anybody's yep. trying to reach out to me. 58 times a day just to look even when there's no alert. In case somebody's trying to get them. Uh, here's the What scary would be so important that you're checking 58 times a day? 75% yeah. of cell phone owners interviewed. And now these are from 16 mm -hmm. to 55. Sure. 16 to 55. Okay. 75 percent. Young amazed. people. Yep. And young people in my world. Well, yeah. The young people. 75 percent admit to texting while driving, some regular, uh -huh. some occasional. And I want to toss this other statistic on. Oh, I know a couple people different. that just refuse to yeah. put that phone down when they're driving. 11, they 11 teenage deaths every day in the United States from distracted driving. That seems like a low number. Well, that's just specifically to the phones, and that's only the ones that they can prove. 11 a day dying because you can't put down the phone Long when enough you're to driving. drive to where you're going. And this is why the log, oh, man, you know, they pulled me over. They gave me a ticket for a cell phone. Well, you know, I was texting them while driving. You shouldn't be doing it. There's people dying. That's why it's called distracted driving. Yeah. That's why I call them dumb phones as well. It yeah. seems to break out. Yeah. I, I can well, you know say what? I've you never know... texted while driving. I have not. I will pull over. The, it doesn't mean I won't have it with me. And if I have hands-free, it doesn't mean I won't have hands-free. But I'm not. Right. Well, I mean, it's truly hands-free. The auto manufacturers haven't helped by using voice-to-text technology in right. the new vehicles, where you could sit there and, and actually respond to a text message. And they'll say, what is your response? And then you say it, and then they repeat it back to you, and they go from voice-to-text, and then they send that message to the person that you're trying to reach or they're trying to reach you. That I've used because that's no worse, in my opinion, of driving down the street and talking to who's ever in the car with you. It's the same thing. I'm just responding to a question. Ready for this one? You talk but about I'm, not holding, yeah. I'm not holding anything but the steering wheel. Yeah. So but Talk about distracted driving. How about distracted sleeping? Do you, do you ever get up in the middle of the night to answer your phone? No. And, and you know, my, my mother who just turned 98. And happy birthday. Happy she, birthday, what, Nana. What a beautiful girl she is still to yeah. this day. Yeah, today she, got awesome. a new, today she got a new chair, a new uh, Barco Lounger type uh, Lazy Boy type uh, recliner chair. Does it have Bluetooth? No. But no it does Bluetooth. Have, it has that oh, ridiculous man. heat massage and vibrating thing, and, it, and also will assist her in standing up from the chair. But it won't answer her phone? No. She, she can't go hands-free? My mom doesn't have a cell phone. <gasps> no. How does she live from day to day, Carl? She was born in 1925. She's used to not having a phone. <sighs> no, she had phone. A, that's like the Stone Age, Carl. How she had a, allow her to live she in She did. She had a cell phone when she was still, you know, driving, but it was... Uh, but not while she was driving. No. <laughs> no. That, Talking about driving age. It was, yeah, dr driving age, and I would put... Dr her driving age was... Uh, 85 and younger. So she was, she had a cell phone when they were, when they just came out, maybe after about maybe like five or six years. She, she did have a iPhone 4. And can that's not a plug for iPhones. That was, yeah. that was her first phone, cell can, phone. Can we still define her as spry or, I mean, because that's, that, that was there. Is it spry there or just, She's you know, routinely she's, active. Yeah, she's 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 doing very well. You know, everybody asks, you know, how's your mom? I say she's ninety eight. Well, how is she doing? Well, she's ninety eight. She's <laughs> she's, she's ninety eight. Which is which, yeah, she's very low maintenance. Uh, she's doing very well. She uh, she gets uh, you know some assistance. She has an aide come in for a few hours each day. 
And uh, my father-in-law is a young man. He'll be 97 this year. Oh my gosh! Yeah. My 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 wife is is there with him now, just helping. He had a uh, a slip and fall, busted my hip thing about six weeks ago. But now he's sitting up and standing and, and doing good things. But at that age, I mean, yeah, well, it's I'm going to tell you about this stat. That go ahead, tell me about the stat. This? Let's go. Now this is ages 12 to 25. Very young people. 40% say that they get up and check their phone in the middle of the night, and there is a significant percentage of those that actually have some sort of a tone or something that jostles them. I'm not exactly sure what that refers sure, to. Sure, it's just a different ringtone. It's, it's a very tactile. What was your first cell phone? What, what was it like? What did it look like? Well, it was, uh, my, first, my very first one was a flip phone with a little antenna that you had to pull out. And it was, you know, when you had to text somebody, you had to press the letter, you know, the number on the keyboard like two or three times to get to the correct letter to spell out the word that you were, that you were doing. So you only had the, the dial, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero, uh, to complete your calls. And it, you, I don't know how people ever managed to drive and text using the, that old technology yeah. back then. But now it's a lot different. You've got a, a keyboard. Yeah. And everybody's used to keyboard, two thumbs, and some, if you ever watch some people text, I mean, they're just oh, ripping around fast. fast. 1993, StarTac. It was the first Motorola. It had the little gate that folded down. And you had two options. The slide phone? Or no, the, it wasn't a slide. It, it was the it first slid, Motorola. The, Motorola it, was, it was about, it was twice the size of a deck of cards. Okay. And you could have the slimline 20-minute battery or the fat line 60-minute battery. That was your total time that yeah. you had. The, those batteries were replaceable, too. Yeah. You yeah, could yeah, go yeah, and buy another one. Off, you had to put the battery in the yep. charger, not yeah. the whole phone. And yeah. then, you know, of course, they, they got better. After that, I had flip phones. I had the little Motorola flip phones, and I loved yeah. those. And the only reason I don't have one of those now is because they don't make them anymore. I've got one. I still have mine. They're yeah. very functional. Well, they're not, they're not going to be I got a drawer full of phones between my two kids, my wife, and myself that, that have gone upgraded, upgraded every time that you were able to upgrade a phone for nothing or for next to nothing as far as a payment goes. Now, isn't it funny the value we put on that? Because I have the same thing. I have the, the collection of old phones. I have that, that my last Motorola Razor. Loved it. But that, that collection of phones... When we were growing up, listen, if, if the phone broke, you, you went in the garbage and you had a new phone and it was connected to the wall. And if you were an affluent family, you had that eight-foot stretch cord on it. Yes. So your teenager could stretch all the way from the kitchen, into all the, the way to the living room, into a chair, and then sit there and breathe at each other on the phone because they didn't yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah. We, we, you, like you do over there on the wall, if you have a phone jack. Yeah. Yeah. I, I if, you show that, if you show that to some, you know, some younger kids, you know, like probably younger than... 1820 now they they would have no idea what the what that was is my daughter and i took a uh, uh a trip to to meet one of my friends from texas uh, in the motorhome it was a father-daughter uh cross-country type thing and we stopped at one location and i can't remember the state that it was in but we we're in this plaza and my daughter walks across the parking lot and she had me take a picture because there was something that you just don't see it phone was booth? A phone booth. Oh, phone. Yeah, see, I guess. And of right. course, it booth. was covered in graffiti and somebody had cut the cord, but it was still there. This, this is how I, I'm not saying technology is bad. But Which is why they're playing video right. games, Frank, because, you know, they don't relate to your 
yeah. phone booth. Well, that's the other thing. That's kind of the tie-in because uh, one of these big markets for video games happens to be uh, these these larger smartphones, and uh, you know, and the, the smart devices. It, I went into uh, to Best Buy over over Christmas, and I'm not promoting the store, but you know, I, I go there. They got a nice selection of electronics, and they have a special rep that comes over to deal with the Apple devices. And I'm looking, and I'm chuckling at the display of iPads. And he, see, he says, can I help you with something? I says, yeah, I'm just confused by all this. He goes, what, is it technology? He goes, no, I, I just don't get the names. Because now they have a little iPad, they have the standard iPad, and they have this giant iPad. Okay, so he goes, well, what's your question? I says, it's just one. I says, so this is the iPad mini. Yes. This is the iPad regular. Yes. Does that make this one, this big one, the maxi pad? And it's just, you know, it, it, I just thought it was funny. Did it go over his head? It, no, he oh, actually okay. got it right away. Right. And uh, he's <laughs> trying not to laugh. But, I mean, some of these phones that they have now, they look like iPad minis or, you know, or Google devices. You look like you're holding up one of these tablets to yeah. your head. And it's all what you need. I mean, if, if, if it doesn't have to fit into your back pocket or in your jacket pocket or in your suit coat pocket, uh, you, you, it's, look at BlackBerry. Black, BlackBerry was very, very convenient. It worked most yeah. of the time for what you needed for. It had a nice keyboard. It had a nice cover on Every, it. Everything it was great. about those was very functional. It was a very, very functioning you know, device. And they went away only because... They lost to the development of the newer and faster, you know, devices that, you know, the Android and the iPhone, the, well, just, you know they lost funny? out. You know, video killed the radio star, but Apple killed Blueberry. Think about that for a minute. Well, it's, it's. I mean, I, I mean, can't go battle, back. Bailing fruits. Obviously, an apple is much larger than your standard blueberry. I can't go back that far and, and think about, <laughs> you know, like, how they actually won that uh, won, won that out. It's like, you know, the old Betamax and VHS. You know, whatever right. whatever, right. whatever happened there was another thing. You know, we, we covered that on a previous, yeah. you know, on a previous show with uh, the audio folks. Um, but I'm, I'm not surprised at any of those numbers because if, if you were expecting to find it getting better over over time, I don't think it will. Well, you know, some things were... People are very yeah. afraid of conflict. Yeah, Parents some, are afraid of conflict. Parents are afraid of conflict with their with their children's teachers. They're afraid of conflict with their children with in themselves. the checkout aisle at Walmart. Yeah. I mean, I can't even get over it. And it sounds cliche, but every time I'm at one of these big box stores and there's the kid throwing the tantrum in the cash register aisle because... They want the candy, or they want this, or they want that. And I watch the parents give in just to keep the kids silent. So and, the, and, the, the kids say, well, listen, if I complain enough, I get it. So the yeah. more I complain. So they've taught them nothing. It's like, go clean your room. No. Go clean your room. All right, I'll get to it. Go clean your room. No. Pick up this. Pick up. No. I'm not. No. And they don't. So who ends up doing it? The parent. So what yeah. have you taught the kid? That, that mom and dad will do it. if you They'll do it eventually. And that's, and that's exactly what you're teaching your kids. If they have a meltdown near a checkout line or in a checkout line at a store, whatever it happens to be, and you don't want to, you know, deal with that conflict or deal with your kid prior to leaving the house and saying, this is not acceptable. 
Yeah. You know, you have to. My kids never, ever performed or, and I call it a performance because that's exactly oh, what yeah. that is. Yeah, histrionics, my dad would call it. Histrionics. Knock it, off the histrionics. It's, it's an absolute performance, and a lot of parents, before they leave the house, don't set the tone for the trip. Right. Whether you're going out to a restaurant as a family or whether or not you're going shopping, you're going to run into a store to get a couple things. This is the shopping list. This is what we're getting. This is what we have to get, and then we're out of there. Don't ask me for anything, you know, that point of sale stuff along the way because they don't, you know what, they don't have a lot of, you know, because I don't do self-checkout. But as you're yeah. going through the, the lines, there's a lot of that point of sale stuff, the magazines, the gum, the candy, all that. Gummy the, bears, vitamins, Tic Tacs, vitamin, All that, all that yeah. stuff is that, you know, the kid will just pick it up and the mom or dad or whoever will just say, you know, it's only a dollar or it's only like 75 cents or it's a buck and a quarter for a candy bar shirt. It's just, you know, just to keep them still. The reward should not come because they've bothered you enough or performed, you know, you know that bad act, being a bad actor at that time, that you should reward them for, for that performance. They, when you get back home, you know, you were very good today in the store. You were very good when we went out. I know you don't like going out. You know, you're away. You can't watch your, your TV shows or whatever. Play your video games. Play your text video your games. Friends. Sure, you might, yeah, sure. Play your video games or whatever. Here, your here is your reward. You know, I'll do something special for you because, yes, it is, you know, a conflict that a lot of parents avoid. My kids just never. They wouldn't even. It never entered their heads to do a performance like that at a store or in a restaurant. Well, I was the youngest of seven, and and we didn't live in fear, but at the same time, we knew there were consequences. We a family is family of seven kids, a mom and a dad going to you know St. Paul's Church on Sundays. And if we one kid did that, you know, the little giggle thing and get other people's going. It was a look. Yeah. No, my father didn't even look. He would reach his arm down. Now, he was six foot five. And he had a big wingspan. He, he snapped his fingers and that crack went off. It echoed off the walls. Carl, I kid you not, one time when we were goofing around, he snapped his fingers. The priest sat down. And father, ring, father Ring sat down. Father Ring, yeah, Bonsignor Ring. Bon sit down rings. and, Mr. Corbett, can I go on? Yes, okay. That's and, how old and where I came from. But we just, well. we just didn't. Do it. We knew it's not like we were beaten, but we knew that there was a line, and there's there yeah. doesn't seem to be a clear line anymore. Yeah, and, and which is why these why you know these folks are playing games for so many hours, and then they're graduating school, possibly going to college, and again, there's no socialization going on. There is there's a a list of when my son graduated from UB. They have like a yearbook that they would put out, sort of like, mm -hmm. and it had it had clubs and activities that yes. were available to the students. We got this on orientation day, and so I got a hold of one. And I, I don't know how I'm remembering this, but I got a hold of one that was dated for uh, the class of 20, 2020, incoming class of twenty twenty, graduating class twenty twenty four, and I got a hold of it. It's half. Half of the student activities are gone. Oh yeah, because there was no participation. Oh, they yeah. had a they had a travel club, and it was you know naturally it cost you to become you know part of the travel club. But they probably had you know a tie to a travel agency or something, and they would do a trip at Easter break or Christmas break or summer break. Oh, band trips too. Oh, yeah, school music. All oh. that, all that stuff. You know, oh. like theatrical things. You know, everything that you would imagine a student environment. To be, yeah. but now they have the 
they have gaming clubs. Oh, you can take college courses now. You can get college credits in gaming. Now, I'm not talking about software design, software development, or technology. That's a whole different other thing. We're talking about playing video games. Yeah. Which well, blows my mind. What are you learning? If there, I don't know if there is any redeeming value on what you could learn from playing, let's say, the... Uh, the car, the car stealing one. Let's just call it the car. Yes, know, the, the, the one car stealer. The car yes. stealers. You know, like what do you, what do you, what are you actually learning that's redeeming? You, you know, in life to stealing cars or, I could, I could understand like a sports game. Sure. You know, because that's more complex to me than just first person view running down a street and picking off people being. Oh, yeah, running them over, extra yeah. points yeah. for how many people that you kill on the side. Yeah. I just didn't. I don't, I don't get that. You talk about the clubs back in high school. You talk about the violence of these games. Now, this 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 is kind of a mental twist, and I just can't get my, my head around it. I was in several clubs all through school, and I found a picture in one of my old yearbooks. We got the dust off of it, and I put a picture, that picture, online. And you would have thought that I had... Cursed America and United States and every little boy and little girl in the world just by putting this picture up. And I was vilified and people were demanding I took it down. Do you know what it was? It was the Rifle Club oh, at Kemmer West. Sure. It is a picture with, you know, 18 uh, guys in there holding target rifles for the Rifle Club. Uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't imagine that taking place. The shooting range was in the basement of one of the middle schools in the town of the Tonawanda. And a shooting range in a school. And suddenly that's I, that's completely wrong to be in that controlled environment. Yeah. But it's perfectly okay to have video games where you're committing homicide, you're stealing vehicles, you're blowing people up, you know, you're you're shooting the enemy in the head, and the very graphic I, I graphic. Stuff that they have is just I, horrendous. I don't I don't think you could draw a straight line from that to now, though. You, I don't I don't think you can. It, not now, not not in the world that we have, you know, in front of us right now. Yeah. There there's no line from that to this. I mean, just like so many years ago, um, you were you were prevented from going in and buying alcohol you know, unless you were over 18. And now it's 21. And now we know the effects of early early age drinking from from 18-year-olds. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, there, there's a direct, you know, thing of getting, you know, like 18-year-olds to drink as opposed to making them wait until they're 21 to, to buy legally. I'm saying legally, right. all this, right. you know, legally. But then when you're, you're looking back again, you're thinking tobacco, you know, Getting addicted to tobacco and how that all went along, and they raised the the rates, age age rates for that. Thankfully, you know, as we went along, but you you have to have some sort of a cap on age, and maybe they could put a cap on age for purchasing um, the violent video games you, that you know, we they, deem. They, they tried that with the yeah. music, and what they did is they put the parental advisory on yeah. it. Yeah. But the industry fought it. Well, the parental it? advisory goes on there, but it didn't stop the individual from being able to purchase it. It just put a label on there, so if the parents happen to see it, yeah. they'd know that there was extreme lyrics. 
So it really it was. It well, was aren't a video, ga- it was aren't a video games law. rated like What's movies? It? Aren't yeah, video games rated like movies? Yeah, they're rated for violence and language and everything else. I mean, I have uh, friends of the family, college age, that that is their thing. They they play these these really incredibly violent video games, and then there's the odd kid is the one that instead of saving his money up for the latest gaming system and the latest you know, computer and the latest gaming chair and all this, they do that weird thing that people wonder why. They buy a used car to fix up. And that's the minority. I mean, when you were 15, weren't you like, man, you know, I'm, you're a car guy. Weren't you looking forward to being old enough to drive? There's people I was who, working on my first car when I yeah. was 15. I was working on it so that when I turned 16, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and and you, you can't say but well, I would, that that's old fogey stuff because it's not. No, everybody still drives. Driving ages are the same. Yeah, cars are easy to get a hold but, of. You know, the, but you there know. there is a huge disconnect between when I was fifteen, fifty one years ago, to being fifteen, sixteen. Now you're still able to drive. You're still able to get your learner's permit and drive, but a lot of the folks that are becoming driver age. They're not interested in driving no. anymore. What do no, they no, need no. to drive for? If they need a ride, they pick a phone, call Uber or Lyft or get mom or dad or an older brother or sister to, to take them somewhere. When the liability have... insurance is, is, is enough for a family to just say, you know what, wait until you get a job and you can afford the insurance. Well, sure, the insurance is, is crazy. But I remember back in, in high school, if you were able to drive, if you had your own car to drive in your senior year, first off, you had to get permission from the high school to drive it there. You couldn't just have you know, West. And City of Tonawa is still the same thing. You gotta have a, a permit yeah. uh, to park there. But it was it was a big thing. Not everybody had one. And it, it was people like, you know, me, my family, we we did the paper routes, we had the savings accounts. You'd have you nine know, cars in your driveway if everybody job. drove, Frank. Oh, we our driveway was rather full at one point. Um and <laughs> even even after, you know, most of my siblings had left, I had two junkers and a driver in there. So but you know, it's uh, it was saving up for something like that, and you know, I, I guess this is kind of waxing nostalgic. If we wanted to, you know, see our friends, we could call on the house phone, but we would go over and see them, and we would go out and do things. We have obesity in children, we have heart disease in children, we have violence increase in children, we have all these diagnoses of uh, ADHD and and other disorders, very legitimate in many cases. Uh, but now we're, we're putting our children on medication because they can't focus, they can't do this, they can't do that. Well, it seems like they can focus long enough to play a video game. Exactly. Exactly. If you can focus for four hours with, with a condition diagnosed by a family practitioner, not a specialist, and that's, that's another program entirely because, listen, if you're going to get a diagnosis, you, you need to see a specialist. That's something that the uh, psychiatrist... Uh, associations are complaining about is you got a lot of family practitioners, general physicians that are diagnosing these conditions and they don't have the experience. But that's that's another thing. What what's what's is there a solution? Is there a treatment? I mean besides what China's doing with this outright ban, Japan putting in all these centers and providing it free. Yeah. Um, EU with these these parent um, these parent support groups that are, are working with this. Well, Americans, you know, are, are first and foremost in calling, you know, government overreach, you know, to task. You know, it's like, how much do they really want to regulate, 
your family, which you could regulate yourself, but if you're incapable of regulating your family down to your kids' video game playing time and hours of the day or hours you know spent on weekends playing it, you, you know, are you a failure at you know at parenting? And you need to you might need some help in that uh, in that department. Some some parents try really hard. There's challenging situations. I mean, you look at the number of, and I'll still call them what they are, broken homes. And it's not a blame game, but yeah. it's a broken home where they don't have two parents that are are sharing the duties and, and two parents that are, I mean, we're in an economy now where if two parents aren't working, you're not eating. Um, it's it's gotten to that that point. But well, that's a, that's a whole different subset yeah, and another really conversation. Is. But that's episode thirty-two and thirty-three, right there. <laughs> yeah. That that ju that just speaks to you know like the the problems of the economy and you know your subject is video games and how it's affecting you know the mental video health. Video games and smartphones. It's video games and smartphones. I you know I can't believe somebody would check their phone fifty-eight hundred times a whatever well, week or day. Two thousand six hundred. Because you just looked at your phone again, and I have not. Yeah, I, was, I have no, not looked, looked at my phone my in an hour. Now. That happens to be next to my phone. But yeah. No, the the. Uh, it, it's it's you mentioned the, the government oversight and I got that and we are an independent nation and we are responsible we keep on coming up choices. with more the government not yeah. we not us you and I yeah. but we the government keeps on coming up with more and more regulations that really went back to years and years ago as common sense right. now you've got and I'll just throw it out there just as another regulation coming across from New York State is that all oh, the gas. Any no, not that because that's that's episode thirty-five, that <laughs> and thirty-six, is, and thirty-six is that we've got boating, very popular boating in New York State, where we we border two Great Lakes. We have many lakes, interior-wise, the Finger Lakes. We have rivers. We have the St. Lawrence River Seaway, it, bordering you know the ocean. Uh, Long Island is you know on, on the ocean and. It's just a tremendous place if you own a boat during the summer years. But now any boat operator, any boat operator, regardless of the age, must attend a safe boating course. Must. I like it. Of, of, any, of any age. Years ago, there, it was unheard of. You could take a safe boating course if you couldn't tell port from starboard, bow from the stern, you know, how to, you know, dock properly, learn some basic knots if you you know, were never a Boy Scout or had a father that could teach you or a brother or a mom that knew knots and such. Um, and, and now it's just another regulation. I took the safe boning course back back when I was uh, I'm not saying it's service. wrong, but it's just another legislative piece of, you know, government telling you what you must do bef before you enjoy something. Yeah. Are I, they going to start regulating skiers and snowboarders? You know, Sometimes like I already, already you have to have a helmet on to yes. ski or, or go snowboarding on private, you know, owned ski resorts or ski, you know, places, mountains, you know, whether or not it's a, it's a club or, you know, a collaborative initiative. But it's always something. You have to have a fishing license. You have to have a hunting license. You have to have a license to do this. You have to have a license. There's so many licenses in Fees that you're that's always in your way as a barrier to having a good time. New York State used to have something called a Patriot fishing license. And it was it had to do with, you know, members, veterans of the military, and it was like, listen, after so much service, and you know, we're gonna provide this benefit to you. And that was removed. It's full price for everybody now. 
But, you know, as far as the boating goes, I took the safe boating course, and maybe in this area it's a little, a little bit different, but something I learned in, that, in the first hour of that class was at one point in time, until very recently, our area had more boats per capita than anywhere else in the United States, because including people weren't California. Out there. Yeah, they weren't out playing video games. They were yes. enjoying themselves. <laughs> they were outside. Now, it sounds like we've been slamming, or at least I've been slamming technology. There's a few good things. Uh, we talk about people like your mother, who now has the ability to have a phone with her. If she was out walking in the park or somewhere, we have... I was a medic in, in EMS for a long time. We have the ability to use those to talk to doctors while we're on the ambulance and to transport or transmit uh, cardiac rhythms and so forth. So there's a lot of good to it. But yes. with everything good, there's a little bit of bad. It just seems like the world is suddenly looking at this and going, wow. I mean, there's a lot of good, but man, there's a lot more bad that we didn't expect or didn't plan for. I'm all for technology. I, I, yeah. There's some technology I'm just not able to function with, and that is one thing the... Uh, the cashier less lane. Oh, I'm going to. I'm always going to go to a cashier. That. I despise uh, that. Medical uh, medical advancements with, with technology. You yourself just told me that you bought a new EKG machine. Uh, I do. It's actually sitting in this tiny box. little box it on the table. It is a tiny box. It's about the size of a uh, small soft drink that you would get, uh, you know, a, at a store. It's, it's a, a little, little EKG machine, so I can do my uh, do my work, and when I when I go on a little. Medical mission there to El Salvador, yep. and I'll Frank's show it to you. It's, for the, a, it's the size of a deck of cards, yeah, and it's, it, is. it does what the machine. It, it's about the size touched, of a cell phone. Yeah, Forty-two years ago, the size of a machine that I had to have on the ambulance was uh, it was like the size of a bread box, and it weighed upwards of forty pounds, and its battery was good for about an hour. That thing can't weigh five ounces. No, it takes two AAA batteries, and and it gives that full EKG. It's 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 crazy, but. You know, technology has its upside, but like everything else, we have to learn. Just like when we have uh, a beer in front of you, a beer is okay, yeah. six beers, not so good. Have you? That's been what I'm saying. I'm saying have it, enjoy it, yeah. benefit from it, but we have no self-control. And if the government tries to put on control, we say, no, we're not going to do that. Okay, well, we'll let you do it yourself. They say, no, we're not going to do it. Why? Because it was your idea. Yeah, it's it goes have, back and forth. We it's a, have it's to a become ping, adults with yeah. our children. It's a ping pong game, especially. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I would I would say we you know probably piqued our interest enough to at least, at least carry this over. If anybody has any more suggestions or any input or feedback, you know, on the show as far as video games and parenting and cutting down yes. the video game uh, playing we don't by have, the kids. We don't have all the answers, but we can pose no. a lot of questions yes. for you. I've got, I've got questions that I, I'll put out in uh, episode uh, 32 and 33. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, the email address is all one word. It's, our, it's the name of our show, but no spaces in between. All lowercase. It's thetalkoftonawanda at gmail.com. And uh, we check on those every day. We've gotten some terrific feedback. We got great feedback about our last uh, topic that uh, was across the board. It wasn't just uh, local interest. We still focus on the local interest. And real quick, we've got that great breakfast coming up this Saturday. Carl, you got to remind them. They got to get down there, and they got to get down there early because they sell nine, out. 9 o'clock Frontiersman Post over on Elgin Drive in the city of Tonawanda. Right behind the Parkview Apartments. Easy to find, right off of Delaware Street. Uh, Nine o'clock, be there. Uh, very, very uh, perfectly cooked meal for everybody. And I'm actually off 
this time. We yes. did the training a week early, so I'm actually off. I will finally be able to go. I will I will I will join you there. I'll be there at nine nine o'clock on the dot in line. So are we meeting there? Am I picking you up? Are you picking me up? How's this gonna work out? I'll meet you there. Because afterwards oh. I'll probably have to run over to see how run that over is. to Mama's house. See how that is. Listen, we live in a great world. We have a lot of great technology. We're using technology to bring this to you, this, this banter that Carl and I have. And without the technology, of course, we wouldn't be able to do this and, and have had discussions with so many cool people and uh, got the responses that we've got. Not every response is positive, but every response is information. And we thank you for uh, you know, keeping, us, keeping us in line and, and giving us ideas and things. Uh, Carl, my quote, as always at this point, is put a bow on this thing, will you? Well, I, I can only think of a couple things. And, and one of the first one is, uh, yes, folks, Frank did not do a national day of anything. And that is due to himself probably not doing his uh, due diligence and homework on that. I thank him for that. It finally happened. It took 31 episodes. Well, now that you mentioned him. it. No, it's too late. <laughs> it's my turn. Uh, and also, uh, do a good deed. Uh, participate in uh, doing a good deed. If you're local, the Hamp Funeral Homes uh, up in North Tonawanda and here in the city of Tonawanda are collecting uh, personal care items for the uh, homeless in our area, and they will be distributing uh, those to those folks um, who are in dire, dire need of some personal care items. Uh, that could be socks, gloves, hats, uh, toothbrush, toothpaste, bottles of water, uh, Band-Aids, uh, just little care items that they could use. And also, um, Big Mike's Roosevelt uh, Food Pantry, still taking donations. They will always take donations. Oh, I uh, got a couple more bags of cans for you, by the way. Look look them up on uh, on Facebook if, if you wish to get a hold of them. They are local, and they are doing wonderful, wonderful work. They have a pantry on the corner of Grove and uh, Roosevelt. And another one right in front of the fire headquarters on Williams Street. So 44 Williams, City of Tonawanda. Help them out if you can. If you if you need uh, something, um, you're welcome to go there and look for something if you if you're in the need for it. Uh, but otherwise, uh, do a good deed. Help one another out there. Uh, take care of yourself. It's February. It's Heart Health Month. So be aware uh, if the uh, signals and signs of uh, heart problems, reach out, dial 911, seek out some help. Don't let it go. Even if it's a call to your fire department and they show up and they say, you're fine, it's, it's okay. Um, at least you know, and your loved ones will know. And uh, But it's more important to find out um, that it could be something or it could be nothing. Owe it to yourself and your loved ones to, to find out. Well, you know what? I didn't do a national day on purpose because I want people to focus on one thing. I want you to take a CPR course. There's enough free ones out there. There's some that are fee paid. Um, what we've seen recently, and then yesterday, of course, the daughter of uh, Kim Pagula uh, finally came forward with what happened. It turned out that uh, uh, the Pagula family, Kim, had suffered a uh, cardiac arrest, and her daughter, who had just taken CPR, Perform CPR and revive her. And she's got a long road recovery. Our shout out to Kim and her family uh, for, you know, sharing that story and demonstrating how really important it is to have these skills. Uh, if you wonder where you can take a CPR course, call your local fire department, not emergency line, 
many fire departments have classes or they have connections to get you to classes. So I, let's just call it the National Day of Get the Heck Out There and Learn CPR. Even if you are physically impaired, there are methods and techniques they will teach you where you could make a difference between life and death and someone else's life. So Carl, thanks so much for you know, coming in and, and continuing to do this uh, together. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I, I like to close with, you know what, if you fill your heart with love, there's no room for hate. Try practicing that. Sometimes it's a struggle, but we can all get there. See you next time, Carl. Take care, Frank. Bye, everyone.